Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Liberty Talk FM. What's up, everybody? This is the Sporting Edge, and it's not Wits and Roz this week. It's Wits and Bubba. Bubba was the uh, founder of the Sporting Edge. I think it was about five years ago now. Roz is enjoying the last bit of his senior year in Daytona, Florida. So we thought we'd have the man, the myth, the legend, Todd Bubba Horowitz, back on the show, who also happens to be my dad. What's going on, Bubba? It's Wits and Wits, and I don't know. I don't know if I can fill in in, in Ethan's shoes, but I'll try. Yeah, you know, I'm sure you'll you'll be okay. You've been doing this for a long time. So, Bob, I wanted to get right to the action. You know, we're in, in the middle of the NBA playoffs, and James Harden is the talk of the town right now. Absolutely did not show up at the end of Game 5 and in Game 6 for the Houston Rockets. Didn't take a shot until the middle of the second quarter. And for a guy who was a perennial MVP candidate and put up one of the more impressive offensive seasons in recent memory... Um, you know, it, it's, it makes you shake your head. You know, what was going on with the Rockets? Well, you know, I think you and I have talked about this before. I mean, Harden is a guy that, in my opinion, never had much of a heart to begin with. So for him to quit and lay down, to me, is, is no major surprise. I mean, he's a great – you got guys that are great uh, regular season players, and then you, got the, then you got the real pros that know how to win in the, in the, uh, in the playoffs. And I, don't, I never thought he had the heart – to really go in there and mix it up when it really counted. And I think that's what we saw uh, the, the last couple of games is he showed his true colors, that he's just a gutless guy. I mean, great talent, don't get me wrong, but to me he's got no guts and he's got no heart. Yeah, and you know, even without Kawhi Leonard, the Spurs team, I mean, they won by 39 points. I mean, for a game six, I don't care uh, you know who's not playing 39 points. That's embarrassing for the Rockets and kind of leaps them into a very tumultuous offseason because – with the Warriors and the Spurs in the West, the road doesn't get any easier for the Rockets down the down the line here. But I got to give a lot of props to LaMarcus Aldridge. You know, he came out, dropped 34 points, 12 rebounds, really stepped up in Kawhi's absence. Um, but, you know, Bob, we're talking about the MVP. And does this change what you thought, you know, during the course of the regular season with James Harden? I mean, do you think he's still – who was your MVP in the first place? And do you think James Harden still has a chance to win it? 
Well, I think it goes. It comes down to, to Harden and Westbrook, and I mean, you know, obviously Westbrook set a record that you know since that was held since 1960 by Oscar Robertson. So I mean, certainly. But on the other hand, um, you know, Russell Westbrook sitting home and uh, Harden's playing now. Of course, he didn't do so well. It wouldn't change my opinion of the regular season. I mean, Harden was certainly um, uh, the most valuable player to his team, and then so that would make him more valuable. I mean, nobody carried his team farther than James Harden did to get him where they got. So I'd, I'd, I'd still have to give it to Harden. I mean, again, I'm, I never was a big fan from a, 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 a an athlete standpoint or a guy that was a team guy. But as far as just a, a stat machine, I mean, he is a stat machine, especially during the regular season. So it's just unfortunately he always forgets to show up in the postseason. Yeah. And, and you know, I had James Harden as my MVP and, you know, this doesn't change what I think because it's a regular season award. So I still think James Harden should be the MVP. But I don't really like how they wait this long because no matter how much it matters in the regular season, you know, when, when people look at what James Harden did in this series, um, I, I think it might make them question their pick if they did have James Harden. I mean, James Harden didn't have to win this series. I mean, if the Spur- if the Rockets were to play a, a really close game six or maybe even push it to seven games, people could have said, you know what, the Spurs are just a better team. James Harden did as much as he possibly could for his team, but, you know, he really didn't. I mean, had his worst game of the season in game six when it mattered the most. He scored 10 points, and this is coming from a guy who averages about 30, 10 assists, and almost 10 rebounds. So it was it was eye-opening that he wasn't even able to put up, you know, an average game. And, and you know, the Rockets scored nine field goals in the paint. I mean, that's absolutely embarrassing for a team that was one of the most high-flying offenses in the NBA this year. But... I think we got to flip the coin a little bit. We got to talk about the Spurs. I mean, are, are people done being surprised by what San Antonio um, has been able to do? I mean, I'm certainly not. I picked them three weeks ago to win the NBA championship, so I still got to stick with them. I know this is going to be an awfully tall task with Golden State, but Bub, you know, the Spurs have been at the top of their game basically for the past decade and a half. I mean, I know the Warriors and the Cavs have been battling it out for the past few years, but when you look at their overall body of work, basically since, you know, the early 2000s, the Spurs have been, you know, what consistency in the NBA is all about. And I think that has a lot to do with their coach, Greg Popovich, probably one of the top two coaches in sports next to Bill Belichick. And so, Bob, that leads me to the question, do the Spurs have a chance to take down the Golden State Warriors in the Western Conference Finals? Absolutely. You know, Golden State is not as the infallible force that they once were. Listen, they're still off the good. But, you know, you, when you've got um, Popovich and you've got a, a guy, you have, see, the, you have with San Antonio a, a team like you have with New England, as you, as you so rightly compared them. These guys are there to win. They're not there for the individual accolades. They're, they just they want to come out and play. And guys will play for Popovich. They'll pay for less money. They'll do the right thing because it's the team, and, and that's the concept. Now, you know, there's certainly not going to be a favorite, and, and certainly uh, if Kawhi Leonard does come back, you know, he's going to be probably hobble a little bit. So it's not going to be an easy task, but certainly, you know, one thing you and I both know in sports, if you can play good defense and you can shut your other opponent down, then you can be in the game, which means then you have a chance to win the game. So I think they can win it. Uh, I certainly don't know that they'll be a favorite to win it, but they certainly could win it. I would not be surprised if they did win. Right, and you know we're talking about favorites and whatnot, so I want to give a, a brief rundown of the odds for the NBA championship right now. We've got Golden State at minus 300. We've got the Cleveland Cavaliers at plus 260, the San Antonio Spurs at plus 1,500, 
and the next two teams. I don't think they have a shot, so I'm going to leave them out. But, Bub, if you had to put some money on one of those three teams to win it all right now, who would you be taking? Well, I mean, I would probably take, you know, the uh, the Spurs because they're going to they the, to me, they have as good a chance as anything. They're going to get the higher price. So I'm going to I'm going to go for the money here. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And, and I do think the Spurs have a chance to take down the Warriors. It's going to be really tough, though. They're going to almost need to play. I don't want to say perfect basketball because that doesn't really exist, but they're going to need to be at the top of their game. Kawhi Leonard, like you said, probably going to be a little bit hobbled, but he's going to be a big piece in this series because we all know the Warriors have so many weapons. I mean, Kevin Durant, which I've said I think is the best player in the NBA, and you also have Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green. I mean, it doesn't end. This Warriors team is so deep, and I think that's where the Rockets kind of ran into trouble in their series against the Spurs. They really were not that deep, and when they had the the lean so hard on guys like James Harden, Trevor Ariza, you know, when those guys weren't performing, it, it shortened the bench. And overall, it just didn't work out, and that's why they got clobbered. But, you know, San Antonio will have the coaching advantage in this series. You know, Steve Kerr is still sidelined with that back injury. So I'm, I'm not going to doubt Greg Popovich. He is, I, you know, probably the greatest coach in basketball, I, w- I would say, ever, but definitely right now um, as an active coach. And this is going to be an interesting series. I, I think it'll be a seven-game series, and I'm hoping that the Spurs come out on top because I have had them, you know, since the beginning of this playoffs – But that's all the time we have here for the Sporting Edge, everybody. I want to thank Bubba for joining us. He's going to be with us for the rest of the show. So if you miss the show, you know where to find us, libertytalk.fm, and we will be back after the break. What is up, everybody? We are back here at the Sporting Edge. I'm joined by the famous Todd Bubba Horwitz. And, Bub, we were breaking down... Uh, the Spurs, the Warriors, what that series is going to look like. Uh, and I, th- I think, Bub, this series you know, is going to kind of be a, a big versus small issue. I mean, the Spurs are very slow. They're methodical. They're efficient. They like to use their size. I mean, they got LaMarcus Aldridge, Paul Gasol. And the Warriors, on the other hand, are, have done it with some small ball, some quickness. I mean, you know, their best lineup probably features Draymond Green as a small ball center. And, you know, this lineup is just so explosive so, you know what, we, we've talked a lot about the Warriors and the Spurs so far, but I want to bring it to the Cavs. Um, you know, what have you seen from them so far this postseason? They have not dropped the game. They have not been tested very much like Golden State, and they're, they're more or less cakewalking their way to the finals because I don't think, you know, any team in the East can really give them a challenge. Well, you know, as, as you remember, we talked about this in, in one of the shows when I was still doing it with you, and I, we thought that Cleveland would walk through the East because the East sucks. It's, they're just not – there isn't very many good teams in the East, so it's pretty much of a cakewalk. Um, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, I think last year uh, they got lucky to win it. I think that big suspension of, of Draymond Green in, the, in Game 5 was a killer for, for uh, Golden State. I do not see uh, Cleveland winning it again this year. I think they will continue to cakewalk, and I would not be surprised if they went undefeated all the way through the Eastern Conference. But, again, the Eastern Conference is not very good, and the, the talent – disparity between the two is is way different it is way different but Bob here's my take on Cleveland I think you know winning last year was an unbelievable feat I know the suspension with Draymond Green in game five was a huge a huge blowback for the Warriors but you know I have to give LeBron and company a, a huge amount of credit for what they were able to do 
And, you know, I think with the experience of Kyrie Irving, you know, getting that first ring, he's a very good point guard. I think he's a top five point guard in the NBA. If they're able to lean on some of their other pieces a little bit more in this upcoming series with whoever it might be, the Spurs or the Warriors, they could take down um, the championship again. And I, I think that would be another case for those LeBron lovers out there who say that he is the best player all of all time. So, Bub, I'm going to set up a scenario here. Let's say Golden State happens to win. They are probably going to be the favorite, I think. You know, adding Kevin Durant to their lineup this year certainly didn't hurt the fact that they would be, you know, far and away the favorite to win the championship. But if LeBron happens to take down the Kevin Durant led Warriors this year, does that change your thought at all on the greatest player of all time argument? No. He don't. He is not. I don't know if he's even number two. He could. He could not carry Michael Jordan's jockstrap. The, the lovers can make all the cases they want. There is only one Michael Jordan who was by far the best in the basketball and did it all. And LeBron's good, but he is, in my opinion, he is not anywhere near the same class as Michael Jordan as an all-around uh, person player and, and, and an NBA star. Uh, so no, I, it doesn't change my argument at all. I mean, he's stacked. With, with talent, and uh, everywhere he's gone, they've tried to buy the talent around him. And, uh, you know, Michael Jordan won it with Bill Cartwright and Steve Kerr, and uh, he did have Scottie Pippen, but that was basically it. And, and Scotty was not as good. He, Michael made Scotty a hell of a lot better. <laughs> Absolutely he did. But, Bub, you know, we, we talked a lot about the NBA playoffs, but I think, you know, the rest of the show we can kind of focus on our bread and butter here, which is Major League Baseball. You know, we've had a very interesting season so far. The Yankees are kind of pulling, a, you know, a Cubs move of a couple years ago. They weren't supposed to be very good for a few years, but here they sit atop the MLB power rankings, and this is setting up to be an awfully good division in the AL East. I mean, you've got Baltimore, the Yankees, the two best records in baseball, uh, you know, besides Houston. And then you've also got the Boston Red Sox, who I don't think are anywhere near, um, you know, what they can do in terms of playing their best baseball. So, Bob, I mean, Aaron Judge has kind of taken the league by storm. The guy is 6'8", you know, almost 300 pounds, flies around the bases. He's got, you know, some of the biggest power in Major League Baseball. You put him next to Giancarlo Stanton. So, I mean, Bob... You know what do you what do you think of the Yankees this year? Do they have the pitching to get to the big dance? Uh, I I do not think so. I I think that right now they're a mirage. I like the Yankees. I mean, you know, listen, I like how can you not like Judge? It's a great story. Um, I like what they're doing, but I just don't. I I I mean, you, I don't think you can win with CC Sabathia in there. Um, you know, Pineda's you know on and off. He's when he's on, he's there's not many better. Tanaka is like doing it with mirrors right now, and he's anytime he could go down. Um, so no, I don't think the, I mean, I, I think the Yankees can win the division. I think they can make the playoffs, but I just don't think they have enough to go all the way. I mean, when I look at them, they've got a lot of good things happening for them and, and, and good for them. I mean, you know, it's great to watch them actually, but look at Starling Castro. He's having another big year for them. So, um, you know, overall and, and do you and, and what's the, uh, the, the shortstop who filled in was unbelievable. So. They've got some great pieces, and certainly I would not be surprised to see him make the playoffs. But for winning it all, I don't think they have a chance, and I do not think they're going to, their pitching is going to hold up. And I will predict that uh, Sabathia will be out of the rotation soon, okay. and I think and that the Tanaka will probably go down at least for a couple of weeks. Yeah, you know, it's tough with a with a kind of a weaker starting rotation to get far, you know, in the regular season and in the playoffs. The one thing I do like about the Yankees, however, is that they probably have the best eight nine. 
um, setup and closer in baseball, the combination of Dellen Batansis and Araldis Chapman. So that does give me some hope. You know, my my only worry is that, you know, the middle of that bullpen gets overworked and, you know, your eight your eight and nine inning guys don't really mean much if you don't have leads in games and we're we're still very very early into this season. I mean, we're a little over 35 games in, uh, about a fifth of the way through. So there, there is plenty of time to go. Uh, but you know what, Bob? How about this Baltimore Orioles team? Zach Britton goes down about a week ago, but they're still playing some great baseball. And, you know, that, that lineup is as potent as ever with Mark Trumbo, who's not even hitting that well right now. Um, but Manny Machado is quickly, I think, developing into, I would say, maybe the second best player in baseball. I'm a big fan of his. I think Mike Trout still takes the cake on that one. But Manny Machado, when you look what he's doing in the field at third base um, and at the plate, you know, the power numbers just keep getting better and better every year. You get Chris Davis, who is not hitting that well either. Uh, but this Orioles team, I think, is very dangerous. So what have you seen from them so far? Well, first of all, I want to comment once on Araldis Chapman because, I again, I never gave him that much credit, and I don't think he's done that good this year either. Again, you know, it's it, when you only have to get three outs, and, and, and he doesn't convert as much as he should. But anyways, um, I mean, Baltimore's terrific, but, again, they're going to run the same problem. I mean, their number one guy is Bundy, and he's pitching great, and Tillman's now back. Uh, Miley, you know, you never know when you get from Wade Miley. He could look like Sandy Koufax one day and look like, uh, you know, the guy out in the uh, parking lot the next day. But uh, <laughs> That's true. You know, I mean, they're, the, the problem with the Orioles, in my opinion, is that for the most part, when it comes down to it, they're going to have to hit their way through to win. And as we've learned over history, big boppers typically don't win the big games because it comes down to pitching and defense and – you know, they play decent defense, but I just don't think they have the – again, here's another guy, a team that I don't think he has the arms, which really puts Boston in the best spot, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, Boston is really interesting because, you know, you look at – you know, Stephen Wright went down for the year. Drew Pomerantz is not pitching well, but Chris Sale has been everything as advertised and more. I mean, he's been unbelievable. Um, you know, David Price still on the DL. So I, I wonder when he comes back – and this lineup starts to turn over a little bit. You know, they've still got Mookie Betts. Andrew Benintendi is one of the great young superstars in the game, along with, you know, Dustin Pedroia, who has been, you know, near the top of the game, has played for some great Red Sox teams over the past decade. So this is going to be an awesome race down the stretch. I mean, I think these teams keep it close all year. They should win in the ballpark of 95 games, if not 100. I mean, all these teams definitely have the talent. But, Bob, I heard a great question on MLB Network the other day, looking at the three last place teams in the American League right now, you've got the Toronto Blue Jays at 14 and 21, you've got the Kansas City Royals at 13 and 21, and you've got the Texas Rangers at 16 and 20. Who do you think out of these three teams in the last 30 seconds here do you think has the best chance to win their division if you had to pick one? Well, I think Toronto's got no chance, so I'll put that out because I just don't think they can climb over. There's too many good teams there. I think probably. Mathematically, Kansas City's got the best chance because they've got the weakest division. Uh, but I think the best team will be Texas, especially when Beltre gets back. And I think Texas has the best chance. To do it. So I will say that Texas will get to the playoffs and probably may possibly win that division. I happen to agree with you. I think once Cole Hamels gets back, this team is dangerous. They're playing some awful baseball right now, but you never know what's going to happen with Houston. They're they're playing some of the best baseball in the majors right now. But we will see. Like I said, we were only 35 games in, but that's all the time we have here for the Sporting Edge, everyone. If you missed the show, you can find us at libertytalk.fm. We'll be back after the break with some more talk on Major League Baseball. 
What's up, everybody? Bubba here. It's finally here. The long-awaited Bubba Report, bringing you news from all the trading floors across the globe. We've got Scott Lady, the cow guy, as seen on CNBC, Fox, and Bloomberg. We've got Keith Bliss, CNBC, Fox, and a floor trader at the New York Stock Exchange. We've got The Badger, who writes the hot topics in the political news. We've got myself putting together my own unique indexes that will help you give you a better idea of what's going on in the market. All you need to do to get a hold of the Bubba Report is go to thebubbashow.org and sign up for the newsletter, or you can email me direct at bubba at thebubbashow.org. We want you to have this report because we've got over 150 years of experience talking about markets, getting ready for the trading, and puts you in the best position to have successful. So email me at bubba at thebubbashow.org to get a copy of your report or go right to the website, thebubbashow.org. Make sure you get it. It's a must-have for every investor and trader. The Bubba Report. Welcome back to the Sporting Edge. I am joined by Todd Bubba Horwitz, the founder of the Sporting Edge. And, Bub, you kind of rolled right back into it, and we were talking about some last-place teams with the possibility of making some magic at the end of the regular season. And I think we both agreed on the Texas Rangers being the team in last place right now that could make some noise down the stretch. I mean, they're, they're four games under right now, and they're in a division that looks relatively weak besides one of the best teams in baseball, the Houston Astros. But, Bub, I know that the, the Texas Rangers' best pitcher right now, Cole Hamels, is on the DL. And, you know, I wonder, once he comes back, maybe this team can hit their stride. I mean, we were both watching the game on Thursday night when Mike Napoli hit that two-run walk-off home run. So, you know, this team could be turning the corner even sooner than we thought. Party at Napoli's. You know, um, I, I wouldn't be surprised, okay? I, I think that they're uh, they're very good, and they do have some pretty good pitching. Uh, and they're doing it without a couple of their better pitchers. So I, I think that they, they could do it, and I would not be surprised. Um, you know, so that would be something that certainly that I would be looking forward to. And Houston has been just sick and Keuchel's having, you know, another career year, but, you know, let's see again, you said it twice already. We're only 35 games in. Let's see how it goes when things get a little bit rougher. I mean, Houston won a miracle uh, on Thursday night. So uh, let's see what happens from there. Yeah. I mean, that, that was a game we were watching too. Jake Marisnik comes up and throws out Jacoby Ellsbury at the plate on a game ending put out. You don't see that very often, but you know, Bob talking about this Houston team, I think Dallas Keuchel is is what makes them really go. I mean, we saw two years ago when he had that Cy Young caliber season. They were great. You know, they didn't get very far in the playoffs, but, you know, that happens. You know, whether you have a you sneak in or you have a great regular season, they were a very good baseball team. Last year, they struggled immensely, and Dallas Keuchel did not look anywhere near the same pitcher. And, and it's kind of like, you know, every other year now, Dallas Keuchel, I think, is pitching – um, the best baseball in the major leagues right now. He's missing bats again. And he, here's a guy who doesn't even really throw 90 miles an hour. But what he does, he's got a very effective changeup. He's able to make people chase out of the zone. And that's what you see with guys who don't throw very hard in the major leagues. They either need to be spot on with their location or they need to make their pitches move enough that guys will chase. And that's exactly what Dallas Keuchel does. And we look at the offensive side of the ball. they got some of the brightest young talent in the game, Jose Altuve, Carlos Correa. I mean, those guys are going to be there, I think, for a very long time. And this this Houston team is dangerous. Um, and like I said, the rest of their division is weak. I mean, you got Seattle, Oakland, and the and the Los Angeles Angels, who are hovering around 500 right now. I don't think either of those teams has the firepower 
to get very far. But, Bub, a team that has not hit its stride yet, who I think is the best team in the American League, is the Cleveland Indians. When I look at the Cleveland Indians, I see a team who I think overachieved a little bit last postseason. I mean, without two big-name starters in Danny Salazar and Carlos Carrasco, they were able to push the Cubs to Game 7 of the World Series. And now they have, you know... Andrew Miller, who they acquired last year, who I think is the best pitcher in baseball, you know, regardless of a starter or a reliever. So, Bub, I, I kind of wonder, which is always the question with Salazar and Carrasco, if they were able to stay healthy and Kluber comes back and starts pitching like he, like we know he can, like we like we've seen him before, you know, along with Josh Tomlin, you know, what do you think about the Cleveland Indians? Are they going to make a push for another World Series this year? Probably. I mean, you know, listen, the White Sox are playing over their head. Uh, the Detroit is playing like they always play. Uh, Minnesota's playing, I think, a little bit over their head. And, uh, you know, and, and Indians have been without Kluber. And Canarsian hasn't started to hit yet. So, you know, I'm sure they'll make a run. I mean, Francona is a great is a great manager. So, in my opinion, yeah, sure, they'll make a run at it. And, and you know, again, you know, Houston is, is a great team, as you said. But, uh, you know, I think, you know, I don't know how long he's going to keep missing bats. I mean, you know, Keuchel, the best pitcher in baseball. I mean, I don't know. What about the Chris Sell? I mean, they don't have the wins to go with it, but certainly he's pitched almost, I think, eight innings in every game he's thrown going out so far. So, Cleveland, I think, will definitely make a run at it. There's, there's no question in my mind that they're going to have a run. I mean, I think that's pretty natural. And I think they're just off to a little bit of a slow start like the Cubs. Yeah, you know, talking about the Cubs, this has been a struggle of a season so far. I mean, I feel like every every night I was at school, I turned on the game in the first inning, and they were down four or five to nothing. It was it was a brutal run. It, it was something like they had given up like forty runs in their in their past fourteen games in the first inning. I mean, absolutely atrocious. Uh, I I think the Cubs they're too talented not to turn it around. I mean, to say that this team will not make the playoffs, I, I think is a farce. They're sitting at fourth place in their division right now. But, you know, we look at the top. St. Louis is, is playing pretty well. They're, they're basically doing what they always do. But the Cincinnati Reds are, are playing absolutely out of their minds. And you look at the Brewers, too, uh, you know, being led by Eric Thames. They're a game over 500. And the Pittsburgh Pirates are sitting in last place right now. So, Bub, you know, I know my answer to this question. But did the Chicago Cubs turn it around and win this division this year? No, I think they'll win it going away. I, I think this is... This is the typical hangover that you see from teams that either won or went a long way before, just like Cleveland. I think it's, it's taking him a little bit longer to get into it. Uh, you know, Luster's pitched pretty pretty good, but has not been rewarded. Uh, Hendricks is really struggling. Uh, and I think they're still kind of have the, the, post, the postseason hangover still going. Uh, I think that they'll get a turnaround. I think Madden, in my opinion, is, is the best manager in baseball. And I think you're going to see that, you know, um, the rest of the pack will fall. I mean, certainly Pittsburgh got a terrible blow dealt to them with uh, with talent being out with uh, testicular cancer. Um, Thames is not going to hit like that. I don't care what we think. We can get all the excitement we want. He is not going to hit like this the entire year. Uh, their pitching is very weak. Uh, the Cardinals pitching is is just just mediocre, you know, other than, uh, other than um, you know, Martinez, who's you know on and off, and uh, you know Lynn is he has some good side Waka, but Wainwright is not what he used to be. So I think the Cubs win this game, this division, possibly by double digits. Yeah, and it kind of makes you wonder, Bub. Uh, you know, Dexter Fowler 
joined the Cardinals this past year, and you know, there's I think there's a multitude of things going wrong with the Cubs right now. But it, it kind of makes you wonder: was Dexter Fowler kind of the the piece to the puzzle that made this Cubs team click? I mean, we thought that with Kyle Schwarber returning from injury this year, that this lineup would be even better than it was last year. But you know, he's hitting right right below the Mendoza line right now. Has been very below average on defense, which we figured. But you know, if the guy could hit. 330 with you know 30 or 40 home runs we could give him a pass in left field um but yeah this offense has not been great but it's hard to play it's hard to play from four runs down in the first inning I mean I know you played baseball growing up I've played baseball it's it's kind of puts a lot of pressure on you uh going out there with with that big of a that big of a deficit in your face. But one of the things the Cubs they made a great move in the offseason Wade Davis has been unhittable so far he's been better than Chapman um, and not to say that Chapman didn't do great for us because we did win the World Series so I can't take that away from anybody but Wade Davis has been spectacular but I think this the starting pitching needs to pick it up I mean Jake Arrieta is not nearly the same guy that we saw a couple years ago but he's, he's still a very good pitcher I think he needs to find himself a little bit and like you mentioned Kyle Hendricks has not been the same guy this year which I didn't really expect, I don't know if anybody expected him to be, you know, one of the top three pitchers in the league again, but he needs to find himself a little bit. But Bub, you know, the NL East has been a very crazy division so far. The Mets have have been hanging around with all their injuries, with all the trouble, you know, the Matt Harvey stuff. Noah Syndergaard going down for the foreseeable future and the Nationals are just are playing out of their minds right now you know what what do you see in this division I, I think the Mets are the only team that has a possible chance to catch the Nationals and I you know what I'm going to stick with them they're my preseason pick to win the World Series so I'm going to say that they do catch them and regardless of if they don't I still think they make the playoffs I think this team is too talented not to turn it around but what, what are you seeing in Washington and New York right now Bob? Well, I mean, Washington's got a problem because they don't have a they don't have a closer, and you know, I I I, I think the ruin the day they didn't keep Melanson. Not that he's been doing any big job out in San Francisco, but uh, you know, they they keep giving away games. I mean, uh, you know, they gave away a couple of the Baltimore. They actually got lucky to come back and get, get one of them. But uh, listen, they have arguably the best starting pitcher in baseball in in um, uh, Max Scherzer. Name? Uh, Scherzer, Max Scherzer, right? I mean, Tanner Rourke is the most underrated. I mean, that guy just goes out there and, and gives him seven, eight innings every time he goes out. So, you know, you've got Zimmerman, who's, you know, who would have thunk that he this would be the first year he might not get hurt. Um, but the big picture is they're the better team. And, and the Mets are a mess, and they keep losing guys. I mean, you know, they, they got Familia now who's got something wrong with his shoulder. He's got some kind of sack or something he needs on, on his shoulder. He's got a problem, so they're going to lose him for a while. Um, you know, you know, it's the whole deal. I, I don't, I see the Mets. I think this is the year the Mets finally just collapse and, and just fall apart. I, I think Washington's going to win this easy, uh, because Miami is, is brutal. They have no heart without the Fernandez, uh, and, uh, Philadelphia, you know, they got some nice stuff, but they're, you know, not good enough. And, uh, I see Washington running away with this. Yeah, it's, it's going to be awfully tough for the Mets to right the ship here. I mean, all the injuries, they're not playing good baseball, but they're, they're just a team that I think has so much talent. If they ever did happen to figure it out, I mean, I, I think the sky's the limit. But, you know, their bullpen is, is being extremely overworked right now with the lack of starting pitching. And like you mentioned, some big injuries in the field. Um, they're, they're not winning baseball games. But meanwhile, they do sit at 500. So there's always a time to turn it around. 
but we're not going to turn it around till the fourth segment here in the Sporting Edge. We're going to talk more Major League Baseball, and if you miss the show, you know where to find us at, at libertytalk.fm, and Bubba will be joining us for one more time on the Sporting Edge here. What's up, what's up, everybody? We are back at the Sporting Edge, and you know what? I think it's interesting, Bub. The what's up, what's up intro that Roz and I use all the time actually comes from listening to you on your radio show. <laughs> the Bubba Show. What's up, what's up, everybody? That's my tagline, baby. Everywhere I go, every show I do, it's always what's up, what's up. Yeah, you know, I feel like it's kind of been ingrained in my memory from from hearing you record so many shows. But, Bub, we, we were talking about the Mets and the Nationals, and the Nationals are playing very good baseball right now. But you, you talked about the lack of pitching um, at the end of the game, which is arguably the most important because you can have all the leads you want, but if you can't close out games, um, you're not going to be very successful. So Washington, to me, is a team that might go out and get a guy at the break because this team is too much talent to not go all in right now. I mean, it, it, it begs the question we, we saw a few years ago with Steven Strasburg when they made the playoffs and they decided to sit him out, and it looked like you know that might have been their one shot to get back in it. But here we are again. The Nationals are, are easily a team that could make a run at the World Series. I mean, you look at that lineup. You talked about Ryan Zimmerman having the best year of his career by far. And, you know, him, Murphy, Harper, Trey Turner, Anthony Rendon, I mean, that's got to be an absolute nightmare for an opposing pitcher to face every day. No, I mean, they're listen, they're unbelievable. I mean, it, it's, you know, it's, it's, but, you know, one thing you can say about Dusty Baker, he gets the best out of his teams during the regular season. And again, he's he's doing it again. Even with the troubles, they're still playing well. But again, you do have one heck of a lineup there. And uh, you know, Zimmerman, first year so far. And of course, it's it's, it's only thirty five games in, but he's been hurt every year of his career. So you know, he was a third baseman. He was a terrific third baseman, and he's just been hurt. And every year he's out, and you know that's why he was drafted last in our league. But uh, all of a sudden, he he found. He, he found life, and he's now a, a a stud. And I mean, just banging the ball and hitting it hard and doing a good job. And again, that team is going to be something else. And of course, they do need back end, and they, they keep trying different combinations. And uh, unfortunately uh, for them, it just it doesn't seem to work out. But you know, fortunately for them, they're also in a very weak division. And you know, you, when you get to play a bunch of games against Atlanta and a bunch of games against Philadelphia. And now the Mets, with their current pitching staff, I mean, Gazelman and some of these other guys are not in the same caliber. You got a pretty a much easier road to the playoffs. Right, I agree. And, and Bub, looking at the National League West, it's no longer the Giants and the Dodgers, but it is the Colorado Rockies and the Dodgers, and also the Arizona Diamondbacks playing some very good baseball so far. You know, the Giants are. It, it's hard to even describe what's going on there. I mean, Madison Bumgarner goes down. Mark Melanson, the guy they signed to close games for them this year, because if you remember last year, they had 30 games that they were leading going into the ninth inning that they did not win, which is an astounding number when you think about it. So, Bob, they're 12 and 24. They look absolutely lost out there. Uh, but I, I still have to ask the question: Do they have any chance to come back and you know not win the division, but they have a chance to make the playoffs this year? I don't think so. I, I mean, you know, obviously. Uh, Baumgartner is is a huge blow to that team. Uh, they I don't think they have the horses there to be honest with you. I just don't. You know, I was surprised at, at the at the big run they had last year. But anytime you have a great um, 
a, a great um, you know pitcher like him. I mean, he dominates a lot of games, so you you give yourself a better chance. But I, I really do not think that they have any chance at all. Um, I, I think that uh, the Dodgers have, sh- have shown them started to fire on all cylinders, and uh, Urias has been pitching great uh, since he came back up. And, uh, you know, the Skid Bellinger now has been just hitting the baseball. I mean, he's he's sending Gonzalez to the bench, one of the greatest hitters in baseball. So, you know, it, it's it's it, I don't see I don't I don't see how they can overcome uh, the, their thing. Their best bet is maybe they won't finish in last place this year. Yeah, you know, I, I agree. I do not think they have the horsepower to get through. Uh, you know, and sometimes that happens in Major League Baseball. I mean, it's happening with the Blue Jays right now. This is a team I think a lot of people thought could make a World Series run, um, you know, with their starting pitching, you know, Aaron Sanchez, a guy, a young guy who, who's been doing nothing but getting better, um, a guy in Liriano who might be able to put together a good season, but they, they have been brutal, um, similar to the Giants, but I mean, that's where other teams come and step in and, and step up to the plate, and that has been the Colorado Rockies this year, 10 games over 500, and not only not only are they doing it on the offensive side of the ball, but it's been the pitching that's been so great. And you think about a team that plays at Coors Field, you wouldn't think that would be the strong suit of this team, but they have been playing some great baseball. And, I mean, you look at the starting pitching, Tyler Anderson, you know, a little DL trip, I think he will get better. Tyler Chatwood, a great player. John Gray, I mean, this team, I think, is here to stay for the long haul because they've got a lot of young talent that they can build around. And, you know, you never know what can happen this year. I mean, the Cubs did it. Uh, you know, a couple years ago, they got to the NLCS when nobody thought they were going to win, you know, 70 games. And, you know, the next year they won the World Series. So I think this Colorado Rockies team is a team to look out for. How about that kid was a Santa Velia, whatever his name is? Yeah. Um, is yeah, unbelievable. I mean, you know, and, and John Gray's been hurt. So, I mean, he's not even back yet. And, uh, you know, Anderson's got a bum knee, but he's been struggling anyway. So, again, you got – and you've got the best hitter in baseball, I think, or at least the uh, you've got the RBI champion for the last four years in the National in the National League and, and Nolan Arenado. Stories on the DL, but uh, certainly he's going to be – if he comes back, he'll be fine. And, and the most underloved guy uh, – on, on that team, you know, I can't remember his name because I'm old, but uh, uh, Blackman is the, the the most underloved guy in that team. He just does out and goes out and performs all the time. Right. I mean, I mean you got some big guy, big names, Nolan Arenado, uh, Carlos Gonzalez. But, yeah, Charlie Blackman is a key cog on that team. I kind of, you know, I would kind of compare him to Dexter Fowler, I think. You know, he's a guy that isn't necessarily the biggest name. I mean, you got your Rizzo, your Bryant, uh, your Schwarber. But, you know, he's a guy that makes that team click. Um, it has been a staple on that team for, I think, you know, four or five years now. Has has been very solid. But, Bub, you know, taking a look at the Dodgers, you know, Clayton Kershaw, I think, obviously, has been the best pitcher in baseball over the past decade. But another guy who was really throwing it, another left-hander, Alex Wood, for this Dodgers team. I mean, he, he's been throwing some great baseball. I mean, his fastball is up from 90 to 93 this year, which is a, a huge jump when you think about it. Guys don't really have those jumps. Uh, it's usually down, you know, after some surgery or, or a rough go, but he's been playing great, and, and he's going to be, I think, a big piece on this L.A. Dodgers team the rest of the year because everybody, you know what you're getting with Kershaw, but I think the Dodgers' struggles have always been with finding other starting pitching to help out with Kershaw. They better check Wood for steroids. <laughs> you know, Wood's problem is he doesn't he he doesn't have the length. That's the one thing that would concern me about him. He's a five inning guy basically, and and right. of course that taxes the bullpen. That's the nice thing about a guy like Kershaw. 
you can pencil him in for seven or eight innings almost every time he goes out there. Uh, but he has been throwing the ball extremely well, and uh, you know they may they may or may not get Rich Hill back eventually. Who knows? Uh, McCarthy. But, you know, the Dodgers just seem to know how to win, and that's one of the things that, you know, is always a big step in, in every team is learning how to win and learning how to get to that next step. And, you know, even last year when Kershaw went down, everybody was worried about him, and the Dodgers come back and end up winning the division. And they, they certainly were in position to beat the Cubs. So, you know, I'm I'm not at all concerned, and I'm sure they'll find somebody. I mean, you know, you're going to have uh, – they've got a fairly deep pitching staff, even though they got a lot of injuries. And, of course, they got Jansen at the end of the bullpen, which I believe is the best reliever in baseball. Yeah, I mean, you could definitely make an argument for that. Jansen, you know, was unbelievable last year. I drafted him on my fantasy team this year because he's a guy who will probably save 50 games this year. And you brought him up earlier, Bob. Cody Bellinger, in 11 games since he was called up, uh, you know, the Dodgers have gone on an 8-3 and three tear. He's hit five home runs. Um, and kind of like a Wally Pipp story with the Adrian Gonzalez injury. And now you kind of wonder if he's ever going to go back. But, Bob, it was great having you on the show. We will definitely have you on again in the future. Uh, this is my first week back in the studio with Bubba. And next week, Roz will join us again once he get, gets off his bender in Daytona. But that is all the time we have here for the Sporting Edge, everybody. Uh, I want to give a quick shout out to all the fans we've been increasing downloads each month so i really appreciate it i know Roz does as well so this is the sporting edge on libertytalk.fm that's where you can find us if you miss a show we're playing on saturdays and sundays at 9 a.m but anytime you want to listen to us just click that download button so thank you again everyone this is the sporting edge and we will see you next week Revolutionary talk for revolutionary times. Liberty Talk FM.